0: hello this is deb from deb's data dojo part of the calling all beings podcast network today we're speaking to benji shapiro benji is a friend and supporter of calling all beings as well as many other podcasts he is an advocate for uap disclosure and attended the witness citizen and uap Secretly sequ- event in december he provokes thoughts and provides his insight on the phenomenon both in chat rooms on instagram and through ufo twitter he is also a musician and a steelers fan welcome guys,
1: thank you for having me it's good to be here
2: great
0: we also have today co-host DJ who's the host of Calling All Beings, a retired US Air Force and a yoga instructor, and co-host Steph who's a member of Calling All Beings, founder of UAP Experiencers and part of the upcoming UFO Disclosure Symposium in Utah. So, welcome to you guys
2: too. Hey, <laughs> welcome, welcome, hey,
3: Sam. hey man.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Tell you Benji, what, it's Dad. so good to see you. It's good to see yeah. you too, Steph. It's nice to like see your face, not just like through messages once in a while, you know?
4: Likewise, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're on that one chat with the one crew and you know, it's always nice to chime in with you. But I agree. It's it's nice having some one on one time with face to face with Devin and DJ and yeah let's do a let's... part
1: of this crew too this is awesome that's, by the way congrats
4: Actually,
3: it's dripping cents. with irony because people usually say to me it's better not to see your face oh. and i don't know if I, if I should be offended i don't i don't know how to take that but you know it's, it's fine um, we can, we can bases. <laughs>
2: but anyway
3: and and nathan i think if nathan gets freed up he's gonna pop on to see you also and deb are you gonna are you gonna grant me some some, some some liberty here to yeah. speak with yeah
0: let me go ahead and explain a couple okay. things to our listeners first of Please. all Benji gets to see my face and no I'm not wearing pigtails like my avatar <laughs> when I do interviews the people get to see me so that they can see my reactions and know when I'm going to speak and all those lovely things um, and the second thing I was just going to explain is that DJ is going to go ahead and do the beginning here today because he may not be able to stay very long so go ahead DJ Thank you, Mom. I mean, thank you, Deb.
3: Sorry about that, That's a Mom. Uh, <laughs> Benji, my friend, TJ. Um, you know you, bro. Uh, <laughs> why this was really you know important is because uh, you've been very supportive of Cab, but not only Cab, like a lot of different uh, people's shows and and the community at large, and nothing resonates with us uh, like Deb. Uh, myself, Nathan, uh, Kevin, and and I'm sh- now. You know, we're just getting to know Stephanie, but I'm sure. It obviously, you guys have communicated. It's resonated with her as well. So that that that's uh, why I had to make it a a point to be here and to honor you. And so, if you would please, um, because you're this this special person who, who's brought so much positivity to the space, can you please tell us about yourself? This is what I'm dying to know.
1: Yeah, um, well, it's, man, that's, that's a hard thing to follow because I guess I don't consider myself a special person. I think I'm just kind of a traveler in this whole thing, you know? Um, we'll disagree. <laughs> well, hey, agree to disagree. I like oh, <laughs> yeah. I, we, we, Always we
4: humble, always humble, love <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: Not, I just, uh, I mean, first and foremost, my passion for music and just connecting with people, I think, is part of how I got here. Um, so I don't know. What do you want to know? I mean, I grew I mean, up in uh, Pennsylvania. So, so, I like uh, yes, to yes. Quote Lou, I like uh, I like long walks on the beach. To quote Lou, you know, and What's Kevin, he,
3: where's the beach? In... And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: I have family in Maryland, so Maryland? I had a lot of time at Ocean City when I was younger. So there's that. And okay. I live in LA now, so
3: and we, we have our favorite crab cake right next to you there, uh, Debzy Websy. Um,
1: Bay crab cakes. That's something that, that's a force to be reckoned with.
3: <laughs> no kidding. Um, what is it that, uh, that became your edict of what you wanted to bring to the space that's so apparent to all of us? Uh, but yet is just obviously comes natural to you.
1: Um, just seeing that there was a general community for this stuff after I had an experience of my own, um, through weird synchronicity type things, you know, it's like kind of led to finding a lot more people involved. Um glad I found the more rational side of people involved Mm -hmm. that's always a plus um but I just stumbled upon this whole thing and now I'm here (laughs) I don't know I just I'm a advocate of trying to stay positive Mm -hmm. Um, I've been following like rough very very rough Taoism for a little while so I don't know I I like um being able to not worry about others opinions so much and just try Mm -hmm. to stay on track. And for me, that's just trying to get this message out there in general, you know, whatever the truth may be. um, I just want to put hopefully the right information out there if I can. It's
3: interesting you're not married to because Deb told me the other day, I hope it's this. And if (laughs) it's that, I'm going to be disappointed. She's like, you mean you don't have a favorite thing that has to be? I'm like, no, I don't care what it is. But anyway. um, I mean, (laughs) we all have our preferences,
1: you know, but I think we need a lot of more information before we can come to any one conclusion. And to be honest, I don't think there is one conclusion. I, I agree with
3: things. I agree with you 100%, but that wasn't the question. The question is what she wants it to be or not ah, to be. Got it. Not, yeah, not but, what it actually So,
0: Go ahead, to be, Debbie. <laughs> to be clear, what I said was I think it's all of the above. But I want it to be aliens. Yes!
3: Exactly! And I and you you were you were incredulous when I said I didn't care what what the answer was. So I think and it's just where there's a little bit of a, a space between you and Dr. Masters. There's a little bit of a gap there. That's okay. It's like a time gap?
1: <laughs> Ooh, she
3: gotta fold her arms now.
1: <laughs> Did you um, guys rehearse that? That was too good. good.
3: <laughs> no, this is just us. This is just our <laughs> ridiculousness. Uh, our phone calls might even are, are like this sometimes when there's nobody listening. I like it. Um, yeah. Um, and those happen, you know, th- they haven't been as much, but once, uh, maybe once once every two weeks, we'll have a, a phone call like that where we start hitting the stuff up. Um, Benji, so so your approach, is this an extension of you uh, that, that we see? This is so in your, your regular life outside of, of the UFO Twitterverse, um, what you've brought to us is just is an extension of what you're bringing outside to society?
1: That's, or no? That's interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about it like that, but That's why my, they're paying me all this money. Come <laughs> up with this shit, you know? My, I'm just kidding. My, well my professional jobs, like I, I set up college students at um like externships essentially, where I work for an apprenticeship college. So we work with recording studios and production facilities and entertainment based stuff. And like, my job is literally setting up people with it's kind of like matchmaking with the right mentor that's based on their wants and needs. So I mean, I, I guess Yeah, I, I, but I've never really thought about it like that before. That's interesting. I just try to point people in the right direction, I guess.
0: You know, I feel like that's, there's a validity to that. I think people bring into this what they bring into the rest of the world. So that is kind of telling what we're seeing on UFO Twitter from certain people, maybe what they're bringing out to the rest of the world. That's or actually, do they,
3: you know, I mean, or are they are different, or do they obtain a character when they come on to, yeah, into the space? I don't know.
1: Yeah. And there's, I mean, I think it's all of the above. I think you have genuine people, um, But, you know, there are people that are out there specifically to put mud in the water, essentially. And I I don't know. I just I try to avoid all that. That's why, like, if you guys follow anything I do on Twitter, it's pretty minimal as far as, like, conversing with people. Um, I don't get into scrums often. Um, And when I do, they are pretty minimal because I, I don't have time to sit there and argue with people about details because I don't know. And neither do you. Nobody does. (laughs) right even even people who like know more than us they don't know either so
3: totally i I said to somebody today they said uh this this uh, gentleman uh posited this this actually he like sort of he was either positing a theory or asking a question but he couched in a way is you know is, is jeremy corbell supposed to be some sort of an expert and i was like i don't think anybody's an expert i don't think Unless somebody's like having, you know, outside of someone who's having regular contact with the phenomenon and communicating with these beings, like in person, that person I might I would I would probably alter that theory. But I know I'm not an expert. I don't think Dr. Masters is an expert. I don't think Gary uh, Nolan is an expert. Uh, I don't think Lou Elizondo is an expert. I think there are people that have differing levels of knowledge on the phenomenon yeah. much more than I have but i don't know about expert what's is there a science that you know that's proven these theories out that somebody could be an expert i don't know
1: and that's that's the thing that i keep going back to is people just get so fixated on one person with a voice of authority you know and a lot of times it's lou and i don't get that like lou is a man (laughs) he's not a god i love lou elizondo and i think everything he's doing for the most part it's gotten us to where we're at the dude is doing the right thing by me and all of the colleagues that I associate with, so so, look but to rate him and stuff, I don't get that. You know?
3: Look at look at Newton's theory. You know, every action equal opposite reaction, yeah. or law of motion. So because you have a guy who quite clearly quit his job and put his ass on the line to get some disclosure, but yeah. he has that stink on him, like he rolled around in a possum that was dead in the road that and that possum smells like government that pisses people off so they're inclined to not believe him even if they showed him a gray alien and said look he's sitting right next to me so so unfortunately people can't take a set of facts and look at it and say okay i don't have to say this man's jesus this man doesn't say he's jesus he just says i ran this stupid program and i know more than you guys know Yep. And and I'm trying to help get disclosure and move Congress. Boom. And that's exactly what he did. So mm. do, do we have to kiss his feet? Nor do, No, nor does he want that. Because no, if he did, for he'd that. be a hubristic asshole. And he's not that.
0: <laughs> Can I just that chime is- in? I don't, I don't think Benji's going after It's your show, after- of course.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say I think Benji's
0: not going after Lou. It's okay. Mm. No, 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 no. That no. was not, not pointed
3: horrible. at Benji that I was know, a contextualization but... that had nothing that he knows that no, otherwise yeah. he'd be right. upset right now what i
0: wanted to postulate to you guys is that it, it's like everyone may be uh, partly um an expert in a piece of the puzzle is what exactly. it is and that's what and... i said I know, and I think Lou probably actually had more pieces together than most people because he was doing this work for a long time and it's with a lot of different people, Agreed. some of the really seen the files, memes.
3: right? Yeah, well- it, it, the point of it was that some people are not going to believe him no matter what he says because he's government. So yeah. automatically he must be a bad person because the government has in fact lied to us for 70 years. So because Lou is one of them he can't possibly be there can't be anything good about him or redeeming we got to try to rip him apart and tear him down so that's not directed at Benji I'm just saying that to 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 the
1: world at large that's just and if I my can, opinion to, um, the, uh, the I guess the point that I was trying to make is I think we need to look at everything objectively when it comes to this so if that's coming from Lou if it's you mentioned dr. Masters you mentioned dr. Nolan those are all. In my opinion credible sources so but i don't think that any any one of them has every single piece completely figured out so we need to take p- bits and pieces from what we call credible individuals i
3: know? don't think anyone on planet earth has 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 all those pieces and second of no. all one of the another interesting thing about lou is who's one of the biggest proponents of non-governmental scientific research in Loeb? who is that person Lou, <laughs> something that is going to have no classification. Uh, the government will have no no hold on it whatsoever, whatever they derive from, whatever sensors they buy. but And who's the person who's the championing that
1: guy? Oh, Lou is. <laughs> so, yep. You know, Lou and that whole team, complete respect for that. Well, that's, you know, yeah. They've, yeah. I think yeah. they've, they've more than a lot have moved the ball to where it's at now all, long all long roads
3: expected. lead to Lou. we we need not, not pursue that theory <laughs>
0: i actually have been researching where all the roads go if you uh take a look at the aviary section i just went ahead and put the research i'm doing on there in a link um because it's taking so long there's so many names i might i think it's like 300 lines down now you're uh, doing research
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> come and, on staff give me a
4: courtesy that's yes, Dev, yes. amazing in what okay. she's providing the community. Honestly, it's like somebody's got to collect the data, and she's doing it. But so, I do have to chime in on what you guys are saying about Lou. Yeah, because well, and you do have to have some form of being a skeptical type person when it comes to this. Sure. You know, even if you're a believer, and I'm going to coin this this term right now: a skeptical believer. You know that's of, I believe, healthy mind to you know question things. You know what what type of information are you delivering uh, from me from this basically a secondary source? And yeah, people have every right to go against what the government has fed us, spoon fed us for however many years. Yeah. So you know, um, I do tend to lean on the side that Lou is here to um, put himself on the line in order to give us some information and say, Hey, look, I do know, I I do know some pieces to the puzzle. And I do. um, He he doesn't care that he's putting himself on the line, his family and his future career on the line by doing so. So you have to respect the fellow for doing that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely have some form of skepticism. At all times, you know, as as he does himself.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. As as we we all do. I
1: don't think we can jump into something like this head first. I think that's a bad mix. I think that's a bad move. You know. Yep. So.
2: Yeah, I
0: think there's every everyone should have some limits. I think mine is the term reptilian. I cannot, uh, I cannot stand that form. Come,
3: Come on, Deb. I mean, I don't think you're being fair to the reptilians. I feel like you and Terry Lovelace need to have an intervention together. And, and I will work to make that happen, man. I, I mean...
0: Okay, there are entities that have reptilian features, okay? But they are not called reptilians. Reptilian was a term created by some guy who wanted attention. And he created the whole mythology... Okay. And the presidents were not reptilians okay, okay hold
3: up let staff benji work with me here are they reptilians help me out man oh, wait are you asking because we're
4: both from la or, or benji lives in la <laughs> and that's where they're supposed to be come on do you think to be honest here? guys
1: the reptilian thing i've never really followed that line like uh, that whole so story i've never really got into it i believe what uh, to an extent i believe what john ramirez says about it and his experiences that they had those type of features makes Mm -hmm. sense to me Mm -hmm. um but i don't think that there's like what was that show in the 80s it was like a mini series is it land of the lost oh sorry
4: yeah land of the lost uh, the slea stacks
1: yeah Yeah, it was those but then there was also there was one that was uh they came like they they were dressed as humans they were in human suits yes I forget yeah, what the, it was called. That the was War a good,
3: good one. Yeah, it, yeah, there, there's a ship hovering over a city, right? That's they had true. a leader and all that. Is that that one?
1: I, yeah, I think, I think it was a one single letter. It was like Z or V or I think something it's, like that. Yeah, I mean, you're
3: right. Yeah, and, Steph, I, I mean, anyway. haven't you ever seen an iguana and been like, you know what? Like, this dude could be from outer space.
1: I mean, oh I think, though, when it, when it, it starts does...
4: talking to me, I'm like, ah, oh, reptilian. <laughs>
1: See, you, I guess <laughs> if You're open. Yeah. I guess, like on some far distant place somewhere out there, I guess some form of reptilian life could have evolved how we evolved, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. That's
0: uh, okay. That's no, I, I again will say there's definitely some entities that fall in that category, but the, 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 the whole mythos that goes with it is just going too far. The whole thing about all these people are fake humans and they are actually <laughs> reptilians.
3: I can't. No. <laughs> yeah benji we got to get her that shirt that says i'm a mantid girl i mean <laughs> I, I don't think that's inappropriate
2: <laughs>
0: you know what i will tell you this when i did that painting of the different entities when i did the purple mantis i didn't feel good about that one that felt wrong to me something about that fell off and i wonder what that meant you know I didn't have that problem with the gray or the tall white or whatever, you know, the tall skinny ones, you know. But when I did the purple mantid, I was like this or mantis, whatever. It didn't feel right.
3: Was that a premonition? Is that like the, the sort of uh, premonition between you and Anjali that you were going to meet? This, <laughs> was this the the, no. you know, the I'm, I'm trying to think there's a literary term for this, for the foreshadowing of the meeting between you and Anjali.
1: You know the yeah. the purple being thing is kind of interesting. I've I've heard I want to say maybe Terrence McKenna speak about uh, like DMT trips and the purple beings before. So I don't know. It's hard to tell. That's a uh, maybe some weird interdimensional something or other. I don't know. So See that's, that's that. At least we know we have a line now. We know where the line stops.
3: Where does the line stop?
1: At reptilians and purple beings. Apparently.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! I love my purple <laughs> homies, man. In fact, I just got the the shirt I was supposed to wear for the Elizondo show that never showed up. The purple guayabera. It showed up today, and it is dope. So I'm gonna wear it on another episode of Cab. But it is yeah. the purplest thing I've ever owned in my entire life. I'm gonna look like Barney with
1: glasses on. I don't know if so. I own any purple. Maybe I need to go. Need to get on your mm. level. You
4: right? need to do a red background for that. They both complement each other. I'm serious. Red and purple are like they pop.
3: Steph, oh, I will try to make that it. happen. You're a marketing genius. I'll I'll do my best. So, I am a f-
0: I am a fan of purple. It's a spiritual color, and it was also a royal color in ancient China.
3: That is very Look true. Look at that man. And and as I stated during the show, uh, Bernardo in West Side Story was also wearing uh, a purple dress shirt. So, mm-hmm. and Ben's so like, dude, do. what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, they just made a new version of
3: that i have to watch it okay oh Sorry. come on that's good. like trying to remake point
1: break like that that's not that, a thing that should happen that was one of the only musicals my dad was a fan of so i have seen it west
3: it's amazing right mm-hmm. west side story like it's timeless man it's like possible oh, i a a huge
1: i was into musicals when i was younger my mom worked part-time at a theater hometown so i i was always at a theater
3: And, and so given that, so you're, and this could be my last question, by the way, you guys have made me feel 10 times better than I did before the podcast started. So, and I, I, I really, really mean that I feel so much better right now. Um, Benji, yes, sir. Um, music, tell us about your, your musical situation. What's happening there, please.
1: Oh, I mean, I don't really do much of my own anymore. Um, just because I work all day, every day talking about it, living it, breathing it. So when I when I'm home from work, or I guess like clocked out of work, since I work at home, I research this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But the music started. I mean, I've always been into music. I was I was a grease kid when I was like four. So I was I was learning dance moves and stuff back then. But um, (laughs) when I when I got to like 13, it was guitar. Mm -hmm. And then that led into punk rock, got me into Blink 182. Uh, which is probably the reason for the alien thing as a Tom DeLonge, and then that led into bands, which led into uh, going to college for music, got a bachelor's, and now I work for a competition of the school that I went to. So it's funny how it works out. Mm-hmm.
3: That's yeah. a
1: that's a beautiful thing. I was trying to tell, I was telling like Frank and Charlotte,
3: uh, who you'll see on the British Invasion episode we have coming up. Frank is UFO thinker. Um, he's toured with a band. He showed me uh, some photos of he and his band at gigantic venues, and now uh, he does uh, scores for musicals, and nice. he teaches students. And yeah. Charlotte also teaches students and goes and gigs. Both of them gig, but what you guys do—that level of service to, not even to like your country, like to humanity. When you're when you're teaching music, it's like service to humanity. Because it's the beauty that we have. You know, every soldier that's in combat, when he's alone or she, what are they doing? Listening to music. How do they calm down? They listen to music. How does everybody soothe themselves? You know, it's it's music. So what you're doing, you know, what all of you are part of, and I mean, you know, my UFO Twitter friends, musician Sean Roche, you know, all these different uh, folks, Frank, Charlotte, yourself, is – it's an incredible uh, service that you're giving to humanity. So I I thank you as somebody who can barely play the drums and basically just be a meathead. That's kind of what I'm best at, so.
0: I have to comment also, you'll be interested in, if you look at NDEs or um, interviews about NDEs that are available on YouTube, music comes up often as a tool for um, higher learning and understanding and movement apparently during NDE experiences.
1: I find it fascinating that so many creatives are somehow fixated by this phenomena. We all kind of find ourselves asking questions about it. And the weird part to me is it's, it's almost like we're all trying to speak a language. And that relates to me with music in particular, because that's like the one universal language I think everybody understands, even if you speak a different dialect, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you, I, I mean, I listen to a lot of reggaeton music cause I'm in Los Angeles. So I, I don't, I don't speak Spanish. You know, I, my Spanish is very bad. I can get like, I can probably understand what somebody says if I really listen, but, but yet I, I love that music at the same time. Um, and it, something has to be said for what music is, it's frequencies, right? At the end of the day, it's all frequency related, and you I mean you could go down a whole rabbit hole with frequency and vibration and energy and the way the universe works. And I mean, that's Nikola Tesla one oh one right there. It's the three core secrets. So I don't know, but there's definitely something to be said for all of that for sure.
3: One of the um, interesting uh things, you know, and a lot of people are saying, you know, they talk about frequency and the phenomenon, but what you said about musicians is when you get two musicians of different nationalities, and you put them in a room, and they begin to play, and they will communicate with their instrument and with their eyeballs, and then they just form a bond, even if they don't speak the same language, kind of like, you know, when the Beatles went to India and started playing around with Ravi Shankar and Sitar and all that, so... I'm fascinated by it, but uh, I'll I'll wrap up my piece here and turn you over to, you know, more capable, more interesting, and frankly, better looking hands uh, than (laughs) myself. Uh, But uh, uh, on behalf of uh, all of Cab, uh, and I think a majority of uh, UFO Twitter that's aware of you, I want to say thank you to you, Benji, for... Um, you know, because w- when you go out to sort of make some artwork here, you got to think of, OK, why am I doing this? All right. I'm doing it because I want to create something funny uh, and interesting. And I want people to want to come on and talk. But I don't really count like subscribers or care or about how many people are following and click, you know, and all that stuff. More just that people are are enjoying it and getting something out of it and want to come and talk to us and the fact of the, what you do motivates us to like okay yeah we're we're on the right track so we'll we'll keep going with this because it's resonating and if it didn't we'd just be like all right you know forget it we don't need to keep doing it but so thank you very much for bringing that positivity and encouragement to us
1: no oh, dude thank you for what you guys do man you know i think you guys are a unique little part of this community, in my opinion, because you guys all come from different backgrounds. You know, you guys have different opinions on different topics within this whole thing. And that's, like I said earlier, I think there is a lot of different things out there. So the fact that you guys kind of accumulated the way you did, you know, you have Kevin for your, your uh, humor, you're the Intel guy, you got your, you got your service background. You know, I mean, Steph, you've got aerospace on lock. Deb, you're a phenomenal researcher. And I think you and Nathan both have um, like psychology backgrounds, right? Or like something along the lines of that.
0: um, He has a theology background.
1: So he's more on like the like, I guess the religious complex side of things.
0: I would say he and I cover psychosocial, but Kevin has that too. He has a psychology
2: background. That's right,
1: because he he works with um he works with kids also. That's right. So again, you know, it's just what you guys are doing is really awesome because I think any if somebody can't relate to your guys' channel, like what do you what? <laughs> There's somebody for everybody, you know.
3: That yeah, that was know, the idea. Bad. That is. You know, and also I want to mention our two secret weapons, Shane and Allison, because you've probably only heard them on one or two episodes uh, with us, The Secret Knowledge. But Shane and Allison also have a theological background, also uh, taught uh, English at college. Uh, They're both really smart and really – the UFO Twitterverse doesn't really know them yet, but that's just – I mean – So, yeah, that was the idea was to bring on a bunch of different people. We don't need five DJs. We don't need five Nathans. We don't need five Debs. You know, uh, we might need five. I'm I'm just kidding. But no, you get the idea was to have a a diverse background, different perspectives. And and uh, that people would collaborate makes you say, wow, this is really awesome. Because if they said, nah, you know, I'm not really into it. You're like, oh,
1: it worked, man. So
3: so thank you so much for for being that motivation. Deb, Steph, have fun. Be nice to Benji.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We will, but.
3: (laughs) And thank you, Deb, for for giving me this time. I I really appreciate it. You're a great host and you're very giving of your space, your channel, uh, and your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Steph.
4: Goodbye. Bye, DJ. (laughs) Bye, Benji. Bye.
0: So, so I actually want to bring in um, another thing that Steph's good at, which is talking to experiencers. And we're going to go wow. right back to what we talked about earlier. I'd really like you to get a chance to talk about your experience. Um, I really think it's very important for people to get to do that. Um, you can share what you want. You don't have to share everything. It's up to sure. you. Um, but it's so important, I think, for a variety of reasons. One, being able to just it out you know is a big thing um could not just bottling it all up um also just sort of kind of normalize the conversation for other people because there's a lot of people having these experiences that don't get they're not the only one lots of people are having weird experiences so
1: i think that's the part of it that keeps bringing me back here you know it's like the fact that the times when I think all of us I'm pretty sure all of us can relate to this but the times when we think we may be going crazy a little bit and then to just hear other people talk about it and kind of know like wow okay like when I listen to Max McCabe talk on your show there's a lot of that stuff that he mentions that's pretty spot on to what I've experienced on my own and to hear somebody like him and then also John Ramirez talk about it and then there's tons of other people but it's um that's the part that keeps bringing me back. So um, I'm still trying to come to terms and like be able to speak about it myself. Uh, but I think the reason I keep attempting is because of what you just said. It's like wanting to have the conversation so that may help other people. Um, so first and foremost, I don't really understand still what happened to me. Um, but there were a couple of instances of high strangeness, I guess is would be the best way to put it, where the room that I was sitting in uh, and I should note, I was by myself for the weekend because my, my other half was at a, she was at like a dentist appointment in Michigan or something where her family lives. But anyway, so the room itself started to feel statically charged. Um, And then kind of like what Max said, it was almost like a, it's almost like a feminine voice, but not, it wasn't a voice. It was more like a feeling, like like a knowing almost, like in my head, but specifically saying, hey, you should go outside. And I was like, no, I'm good. Um, And so I didn't, and then it happened again the next night and it continued for about a week. Uh, but the second night is when I was like, okay, I'm going to go outside. And I did. And I sp- saw a flash of light. And then when I thought, okay, that was not real. If it's real, do it again. And then it went back the opposite direction, freaked me out, ran back inside. Um, <laughs> and that was it for the night. But the high strangeness and like the... Intrusive thoughts, I guess, is a good way to represent it. That continued. Um, which kind of got me to find other people. Because that was one of the things it kept saying, find the others. Uh, and then right after that is when I found this whole community. Like uh, found Vinny, I found you, Steph. I found Priscilla, I found uh, Dan Z, uh, a couple other people. Like uh, Jamesy and Dolly was another one. Um, but then about a month in, it was starting to kind of fizzle and fade, but I had gotten into meditation, which I can get into that stuff later. That's a whole other thing. Um, so I learned kind of how to, in my way of coping with it, I guess, or trying to explain it to myself through meditation. Um, and I'm leaving out a lot of detail here, but it's, uh. I don't know. It's 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 tough. I'm trying to reframe my thoughts here. So after about a month,
2: you're
0: muted. Oh, I was going to say, don't worry I, about skipping the meditation part. And the reason is because we're kind of starting to pick up some things on that uh, lately. Uh, so there's some commonalities that are happening with between meditation experiences and physical experiences. So Definitely. like if you, if you want to touch on that, I talk about my meditation experiences. I'm a little freaked out that that new show on Prime, the room that they're going into looks a lot like the cave that I was using to meditate. Um it's hmm. kind of freaking me out a little bit. But cuz I I found out later it wasn't a real cave and now I'm like how did this person meditate the same thing? <laughs> It's like that's
1: very interesting, and see, that's that's some of the other stuff that doesn't make sense to me is because some of the things that I've seen in my meditations I hear other people talking about. Okay, um, let's
0: let's let's do the checklist. Okay. Have you been told about a god source in your meditation?
1: A god source,
0: or been shown a big, bright orb,
1: a white orb,
0: yes, big,
1: yes okay um as big as i made it because i yeah made and- my own i guess Let's yeah that's a weird question okay i'm interested
0: okay. well i I will go into details about that another time i just want to know about okay. yours Did, have you seen a a line that goes from you to the source or the orb or um supposedly to the beginning
1: i wouldn't say that no but it was it went as far as i wanted it to go Okay. out wherever it was
0: okay um have you seen a light being
1: not in person like when i think of light being i'm thinking like ryan Bledsoe. so so no not like that um but i've seen and that's that's a tricky one i've seen uh like outlines of figures mm-hmm um right. really hard surrounded. to see what
0: they look like right
1: yeah and it's um it's all like i'm always conscious of what i'm doing because it's in meditations so i want to make that very clear it's not like somebody's in control of me at least i don't think they are um but that's yeah that's really interesting um have
0: you ever been abruptly taken from where you were trying to meditate in your head of course to another place that you wouldn't have imagined
1: yeah actually yeah okay (laughs) have you ever
0: have you ever been shown how to fly a uap no okay man Uh, i know other people have it's not just me okay no (laughs) i was just curious i
1: I would love the opportunity to arcturians or whoever you are let me know but it's uh yeah no i haven't had that but um symbols a lot of Mm -hmm. symbols
0: yeah. Symbolic objects like a shelf filled with jars. Yes.
1: Not even more specific.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's a Merkaba. That's the first one that I was shown and it freaked me out. I've never told anybody this. I don't think maybe like two people. <laughs> um, it, I thought it was a pentagram and it freaked me out because like I don't mess with dark entities or like low vibrational stuff. That's just not my thing. Um and it freaked me out because I was like, why is this in my meditation? But then I I am aware that while I'm meditating, it's my imagination. So I can do what I want, essentially. And I spun it and then realized, oh, it's, this is, has this has six points, not five. And then it just started spinning. I had no idea what it was. I was just like, okay. And I drew it. I remember coming out of the meditation. I probably have it in my notebook up here somewhere. But um, I drew it. And then literally a day later, I was in Vinny's live chat on Instagram and some random account just said Merkaba. And I didn't know what a Merkaba was. So I Googled it.
2: Hmm.
1: And it was exactly what I saw. um, Spinning in my meditation.
2: Hmm.
4: Would you say that would be quantum entanglement then, Dad?
2: Something
4: by way
0: of. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking about it. If you look at people who are studying it from the psychological point of view, they talk about Jung and his theory of collective consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's almost, and I was saying this the last time I spoke to someone, I think it was Saturday um, when I was doing the interview with Davy Johnston, um, that it is like a universal internet okay and it's like there's different nodes and different ways to connect um and different ways to get into that internet depending on your own body and how you tune it and how you know to tune it okay so i think that all of the information is kind of there and available and we can access that information and experience those experiences if we want and there's there's some people like who have had exactly the same experience that I've had. Like the light being that I have met told me that it was my soul and also my grandmother, but not my grandmother. Like, and that didn't make sense. And it was outside of myself. So I'm like, how can you be my soul? Right. And then I met someone else who had that same experience. The light being said, you know, I'm your soul, but I'm like separate from you. Like, What's that mean? You know,
1: that's so interesting because I think immediately of things like string theory and how, Mm -hmm. or well, I guess non locality would be another one that apparently molecules can exist in multiple places at once.
2: Mm.
1: If our soul is a part of our being, which I guess it is, right? We're we're here right now, you know. Mm -hmm. So, if that's the case, does that mean our souls can? be in multiple places at once
0: some people think one soul can be in multiple bodies at once or multiple souls can be in one body it's very complicated very but I, yeah and i i just i think we don't have enough information about that but i think that we're going to find out that that's important and i don't think it's going to answer everything that's going on but i think we're going to find out there's an underlying science like you said like you know string theory or quantum entanglement that's going to explain it someday
1: i do too and i also right. think that could lead to how to possibly communicate with whatever it is mm-hmm, or they mm-hmm. are you know
0: right that's, and if, my take, I, I guess. that's why i got so excited when gary nolan came out because i felt like he was touching on what i'm thinking is going on that there's science here explaining how our biology is connecting to this and i really think there's something Um, tangible that's measurable about some of these things that people call woo you know and I don't think it's all just woo I think it's there's science there
1: I think also something has to be said for the woo and how it crosses over to what the ancient people used to believe Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know I think when people think woo a lot of it gets associated with what they refer to as like new age religions and stuff but in reality those new age concepts are pretty freaking old man
2: Mm-hmm. Oh you yeah. Know,
1: okay. Specifically the Merkaba thing, that's that's pre-Egyptian. That's like ancient, I think that's ancient Hebrew, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it literally translates to light body.
2: Mm-hmm. Some
1: would even speculate that whatever these beings are, those these light beings, that, that maybe could be what they are using to do whatever they're doing and get here from wherever they're coming from. I've heard that thrown out there too.
2: Well,
0: when I when I say you know um, that I think it's possible that simulation theory is accurate too, I think of it in terms of we are like biological avatars connected to that internet, that universal internet, you know, and mm-hmm. that's I don't know it gets it gets really weird, but I haven't been able to rule out anything yet, and. No. <laughs> even the even ta- the time travel thing, which is like probably my least favorite one. I'm like, I can't roll it out. <laughs> you know, it's maybe maybe the, the extraterrestrials are the time travelers. We don't know. We don't know anything. See,
1: this is my <laughs> thought about Dr. Masters. theories is I think he, he's missing the element of a soul and what that could be. Because the future human thing makes sense to me. If I throw in the element of, well, what is a soul and what happens after we pass from this existence?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's an interesting thought that I've pondered before. Um, but I don't know. See, again, these are all, there's a lot of the stuff is just connecting dots from all these different theories that I hear. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, I really what? don't think that there's one answer to all at all.
2: Well,
0: I can tell you I've gone beyond just like the level of just studying consciousness to studying the NDEs quite a bit like I just I keep finding myself going back and trying to hear the story of some actually some of it are before life memories that people have mm-hmm. as opposed to that's, that's af- after, you know, which is really interesting. And it seems like there are a, often a lot of similarities Um not, not always and consistently, but there are a lot of similarities in those experiences for people.
1: That's, it. you know, there's got to be something said for, like, I know a lot of people, I, I myself, I relate to, like, the starseed thing. And I guess talking about pre-life memories, that would make sense if that had something to do with it. You know, because it's, it's about, like, what your soul is destined to for if you believe in the star seed kind of stuff and
0: yeah could you explain that really quick for people what, what um, do you mean by star seed stuff
1: so i'm probably not the best person to speak on star seeds mm-hmm. to my understanding of it it's people who believe their soul was put here for a specific reason that has something to do with extraterrestrial beings um, a lot of people in the spiritual community have a lot of, uh, I guess, better knowledge about it. I know if you guys are interested, uh, for anybody who's listening, a good channel, I love Savita, the starseed. She yes. is an awesome chick. Love her to death. Um, her dad's awesome, too. They're a great family, but um, she does a lot of um, like stuff to do with regressions. Um And, you know, see, that's that's what I mean. It's it's hard to it's hard to explain. It's basically you you're under the impression your soul has been put here for a reason. And the weird part is to me is that I I look into things like the Tesla three, six, nine theory and like what he believed. Um, I think it was involved with numerology and the numbers 369 and what their significances are and when you look into numerology and what those life paths represent it's very interesting because it's like the builder the teacher and then the person to keep everybody in line essentially and it's uh, it's there's all these intersecting pieces much like if you look into ancient religions there's a lot of intersecting pieces it's 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 just it's trippy man
0: (laughs) i really do think you know we we have a lot of archetypes you know even when you look at i I one time while meditating uh said you know what i'm going to try this spirit guide thing and like i imagined like these chairs and every single one of these spirit guides was like an archetype (laughs) that that was presented to me you know like the kind of like the hero the, the wise old man, the, the older woman who's telling me, you know, you gotta enjoy life uh, a little boy. Who's like the symbol of, you know, in, like what I do is mostly with children, right? Clients who are kids and the little boys, like a reminder of maternity and being nurturing and all that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I think, I wonder if the, that, lends itself a little bit to the starseed concept, like everyone's got a role.
1: Fate or destiny, you know, it's, um, that's a tricky, it's a tricky one for some people. And I think, you know, some people who are more religious than others have a harder time with concepts like that. Um, I am fortunate enough. I didn't have anything like forced on me as a kid. I was kind of left to make up my own mind about what's out there so it's tough man but i'm glad that more people are interested in at least having the conversation because that's where it starts you know if you keep this in your head all the time know, i do plenty of that you know Mm -hmm. um i don't know like i said i just think it's it's nice to see people finally having these conversations and not being so nervous to talk about it as much as they were before Mm
0: mm-hmm So we're going to go back a little bit back into your experience. Um, I know that Steph is more familiar with the experience you had. So I'm going to let her chime in on a a question that she had about it. Definitely.
4: Yes. And so, Deb, I know you know a bit about this as well, and maybe we can find some light through some of your listeners. But the uh, topic of auditory illusion has come to light. And Benji, I went back onto your um, experience and you mentioned in your testimonial that there was some slight sort of ringing in your ear after having viewed the UAP. Now, a lot of people do have some sort of a paranormal after witnessing UAP, and I am just connecting all these dots with what you had witnessed. And what I found even more compelling was that you had heard specific notes and coming from a musical background, you can actually relate these almost, these musical, these sounds to keys. And you specifically said uh, a key of C and sometimes the key of A. Now, would you somehow relate this to some type of a code being spoken through to you? Um, Not specifically binary code, but some form of a communication. Has that ever come to your mind?
1: So I've never really inter well see communication is interesting because that the ringing in my ears still happens um mm-hmm. i have never had any hearing damage i'm actually my ears are trained like I, I did that in college like so i take very good care of my ears in fact so I, it's i don't think it's tinnitus or anything like that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh, it's always the key of c and then a which which the key of a is 440 hertz and to my knowledge I'm pretty sure that's the frequency they say the earth resonates at nice or something I mean, like that
4: i mean i think that's something to be studied you know I, you might pass it off and go oh yep i noticed this is the key of c and key of a but these are some things that you need to document and take note of and compare them to other encounters so i find that to be an in- very intriguing piece of information
1: what i do find interesting if i can add really quick um i notice it when i am having specific thoughts about um certain aspects of this whole phenomena like when i (laughs) like for instance it's happened a few times when i have been on specifically facetime with some of my i'll just say military contacts Mm-hmm. um the ringing will start and then my FaceTime will start glitching
4: interesting
1: so yeah uh, yeah i don't know but um yeah I, that's interesting i'm gonna have to start notating that more
4: <laughs> yeah for sure and i don't think that that would be some form of havana syndrome because that's like a directed like electric force towards I'm not explaining it right. And I don't want to explain it wrong. But it's not it doesn't sound like a form of Havana syndrome. So it could be something else. And I mean,
1: I'm not really anybody that's going to cause an issue. So I don't know why anybody would be targeting me with exactly.
4: Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't be the one to direct energy towards but the military have been, you know, targeted. So it's interesting that you had had that after having spoken with military friends.
0: Okay, so I have a few things to add. Okay, here we go. The first one was the first time I heard about this was when we spoke to TJ Allard. And um, someone who knew a little bit more about it told me to look up Frey effect. Mm -hmm. And there is a concept that um, when you're exposed to electromagnetic technology, you can have auditory, um, I would say they're more like I guess hallucinations, I guess, is not really the right term. But, you know, we can go with illusion if you prefer. Um, but you can have auditory experiences. T.J. Allard spoke about after he was on Skinwalker Ranch, he was hearing music hmm. for for some time. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's really interesting. But what really struck me while you were talking about the different notes is that the creator of the aerial school movie that just came out was just talking about there were different notes that these children heard. The and buzzing he, sound. And he said, you have to be careful about a certain note. Once you hear that, you better get out of there. Um, and I, mm. he didn't want to elaborate on that. And there were some other things he hasn't elaborated on but there, there were notes, just like you were talking about. So there's something going on, I think. Um, Steph, do you want to add that piece that you just mentioned?
4: Um, the I'm sorry, which other piece am I supposed to mention? That it might be radio frequency. Oh, radio so. frequency. I'm sorry, behind the scenes here. Yeah, um, TJ Allard's mention of that would be radio frequency. So yeah, it could form be some form of that. You know, and it could be an illusion at one point and something that, you know, it's not going to be um, a permanent type, you know, um, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time finding the word right now, but, uh, you know, a permanent situation that you endure. Maybe it's just at those times that you actually speak with certain individuals that it, it rings true and it, it comes forth, you know, so it's just interesting because other experiencers have also mentioned some sort of hearing a a voice or a buzz or a ring. And there's got to be a connection to those items with the the phenomenon.
1: Well, I can tell you, Steph, the uh, the big sighting that I had, which I haven't got to yet. If you guys, I'll talk about that too. But the nice. the bigger sighting that I had after what I described earlier, I didn't hear anything. Uh huh. Other than that same like intuitive feminine voice type feeling saying, Hey, like what? Cause I was trying to take my phone out of my pocket at the time
2: to
1: mm-hmm. video it. And it literally said, yeah, you don't want to do that. This is for <laughs> you. Like it's just kind of enjoy this. And I, I couldn't take my hand out of my pocket. So yeah. That you
4: and you listen though. Right. Yeah. I mean, you listen to your, in- it's almost an intuition
1: Yeah. from what it sounds but like. See, here's right. the thing this is the part that I've gone back and forth with myself for a while. I know what my intuitive voice sounds like. Mm-hmm. I talk, I mean, I, I have internal conversations, I think like we all do. Right. Um, that was not the same thing.
2: No, it
4: was uh, clearly a woman's voice that you heard.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't one that I was necessarily familiar with. And it wasn't, like I said, a voice is not the way to describe it. It was more of a, like a thought in my head but I already knew the answer to I don't know how to put that
0: well if it reassures you one time I was oversleeping for work and at the time my back was hurting I was actually on the floor and I suddenly heard a female voice that seemed to be like standing over me telling me to wake up (laughs) and there's I had no idea who it was there's there was no woman that I knew who had that voice And I, I, of course, woke up because I was like I was going to and I found out I was almost late to work. Um, So, yeah, there's I've heard about this, this female voice from other people, too. I don't know if it necessarily matters that it's female, but, you know, it's interesting. Other people have had this experience. So Mm -hmm.
2: this is a
1: weird question. But have you heard if those people felt Like it was a green aura or a green energy associated with it?
4: I've Mm. had someone that had noticed a green orb and having, after seeing the green orb, they witnessed a physical light being of their deceased grandfather. So there was a connection, but in a different phenomenon way.
1: Interesting. Okay.
4: They hadn't mentioned voices, but no. And also, yeah, Benji, um, excuse me. They, they they may have just not come forth to tell me yet because those are kind of things that people do hold back on disclosing because they don't want you to think something otherwise that they're, you know, they're hearing things. But there is a connection that I'm finding with these items. So I'm, I may just go back and go ahead and ask them. So good idea.
0: I do think there's going to be a lot more connections to things than we would suspect ahead of time. You know, I think... When I when I've talked to Priscilla, I just really get the feeling that we're touching on a lot of the same issues when we talk about things like spirits and ghosts that then when we're talking about this aspect of the UAP phenomenon, we're Mm -hmm. touching on something that's happening that we don't understand fully and it may be something super weird and here I'm just going to say what I'm thinking, okay, what if, if we're biological avatars, right? we were never really ever human the avatar is human right and all of those spirits and stuff just get plunked into these bodies you know so it's like you get to see them sometimes when they're transitioning back and forth um
1: but that's uh i've heard in I think it's like some Asian cultures; they associate these orbs with spirits of their dead relatives. That's not Uh something I've. That's not something I'm unfamiliar with. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I actually I spoke to a medium um, some years ago when my husband passed, and she told me that essentially were orbs on the other side, and like when she said (laughs) it, I could envision you know different colors like for in that case it was like blue you know but um but she was saying they were orbs and when you listen to john ramirez talk about uh his experience with whitley striver he talks about orbs and when you talk to um, people who have um uap experiences a lot of them are orbs you know and there's what mine were. Right, and people who are doing ghost hunting, what do they say? They say that, you know, sometimes they see an orb, and then they have the same electromagnetic experience. And then here's where things get really freaky. I know someone who um, had a, you know, those balls of lightning that people are skeptical of go into his house and then move around in what seemed to be an intelligent way. So even ball lightning... (laughs) is an orb so like Mm -hmm. it crosses all things (laughs) that's that's tough oh and religion has the halo yeah
1: yeah it's it pops up and that that goes back to um the archetype thing you mentioned Mm -hmm. i think that we are in a lot of cases describing very similar if not the damn same thing um but we're just kind of talking about it from an interpretation that makes sense to us um mm-hmm. and that goes that can go into like what is reality at that point is because my understanding of it is that it's when we all agree on something being a thing then it's reality if we all can come to a same consensus on yes this is the way this is okay then that's reality
2: mm-hmm. so
1: what happens if all of us start talking about these things and agreeing on what they could or could not be at some point. What happens then?
4: Then we're all avatars, like Deb said. Welcome to the simulation. <laughs> the right. <crack> <laughs> so, so with things that are going to get, you
0: know, some people are studying uh, this, like, catastrophic view, right? And they go really extreme with it. And you don't even have to go that extreme. People who study the planet and the um, geomagnetic. world forces on the planet say that they're changing right so what if all these people who are like getting this sense something's gonna happen something's gonna happen or picking up something that's happening with the planet and it really is messing with these frequencies that we rely on to be in this simulation right what if it's messing with our ability to connect to that universal internet of energy and consciousness you know what if everything is about to get a little bit weirder as the planet changes
1: again if you look back into like eastern religions and you look at uh like hinduism for instance they talk about the cycle of the yugas and Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure we're about to be at the end of the kali yuga i think or something of that nature i I don't remember exactly off the top of my head but Mm -hmm that's another change and then you can look at uh people who claim what the age of aquarius i've heard that as well um
2: then the mayans
1: book of revelation yeah the mayan calendar all of it you know it's, it's it's interesting
0: yeah i was watching um some things about lost civilizations and there's been at least three major just abrupt departures of civilizations in history and one of them was the mayans and like they i don't know if they saw something in their calendar and they're like well that's it we're just gonna leave all these temples and get moving i don't know but you know something happens and then you know even even outside of that sometimes things happen to our planet and in nature that are significant to us um and that we have to learn to adapt with And when Lou Elizondo was talking about 70,000 years ago, I went back and I found out this um, incident happened where there was a natural disaster and the population of humanity dropped down significantly, possibly to one to 20,000 people. And they had, this is all speculation. No one was there, right? So it's all speculation. But they believe that at the time we had something called a genetic bottleneck right, because of a natural disaster. So it completely changed humanity in that instance.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, look at all these different uh, like ancient texts that depict floods. I mean, it goes back as far as we know. There's been events of that kind. And scary thought, in my opinion, I read this recently, that if you were to sum up the basically known recorded human history in a 40 year time span that we really only know about five minutes of it at -hmm. this point. So it's hard to tell, but I think that there may be something to that, Um, which also in my mind, it gives new kind of thought provoking thing to like the term, uh, the veil is thinning. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And when I was, I was listening to you say about, like a, a catastrophic event type of thing. And like, I don't know if necessarily that's the case, but I find it interesting that so many of my friends and I'm in my late twenties. So I, like, you know, I, I, talk to a lot of like late twenties, early thirties, a lot of people in that age gap. And like, we all, for some reason, feel something is coming, whether it's on a spiritual sense, whether it's politics, whether it's just the state of i don't know russia and ukraine and now china and taiwan or whatever it may be that something mm-hmm. is coming they all have that consensus um and then there's us and we think mm-hmm. something's coming so well it's, it's interesting. hard <laughs> it's very interesting <laughs> yeah
0: it's interesting because experiencers are saying it for sure they think something is eminent right and i and i have felt that before I've, like even started talking to people about my experiences i try to kind of say you know, I I think something's going on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. and and I didn't come into this for the same reasons a lot of other people did. I had no idea about the uh article. I didn't know about unidentified. I didn't like I I didn't have cable anymore. So I was like not even I
1: still don't have cable. <laughs>
0: right. Like I have um mm-hmm. internet, but like I there was a lot of stuff I didn't know about. I didn't know about I had I heard about the report, but I still didn't start getting into this until after that. Okay, and it was like abruptly I have to do it out of the blue, years after I saw the UAP, years later, which by the way I reacted to with eh, you know, oh it's a it's a UAP that's nature for you. It's
1: interesting. I've looking back on it. I've seen some other ones that I couldn't explain prior. But they didn't affect me at all the same way that all this stuff did last year.
2: Yeah, so,
1: I, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting though. Um,
0: I I know to me it's nature, but like so I I just felt recently like I had to do this, and like I when I read American Cosmic and she talks about the calling, like it, it, made, it made, made a lot of to sense right to me. And I and I and I said that to her in a talk space. I'm like, "What you said about the calling made sense to me. I feel like that happened to me, out of the blue, had to do this."
1: The book encounter, that was it for me. When I read that line in her book, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm having one right now. So that's cool."
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think of it as a reference, but I don't think I've had the encounter yet. But. uh there's a book I'm supposed to read that I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be it.
1: Interesting. I don't know. I have so many books that I haven't read yet. Like, I've got, I'm sitting on Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. Um, I just finished American Cosmic. I'm almost done with Russ or with um, Graham Rendell's first book. Uh, and then I've got Leslie Kane's book up there. I've got. Uh, and then after that, at some point, I would like to finish or even like try to get done with the Nag Hammadi scriptures, because those are very interesting.
4: I'm with you guys on American Cosmic. Those was that that was a life changer. I think everyone needs to read that. But can I can I segue into something, though, because what you guys are both talking about with the c- catastrophic events and and people, you know, almost having this alarmist. Attitude towards the world. And I think what it really truly is is the world is in need of great repair. And I think a lot of the empaths are coming forth and recognizing that, you know. And Benji, what I see from you in this community is you're almost this orchestrator where you're connecting people with the right people. And, uh, you know, maybe that's your calling in the community and um, you're kind of like a facilitator and um, but I, I do notice that you have this energy about you and it's, uh, involving your crystals and your meditation. And, you know, you keep this kind of safe space of energy around you and with sure. all this going on in the world, I mean, how would you recommend this, a newcomer to this? How, how would you recommend that they apply similar things that you use towards, you know, protecting their energy with all of this going on in the world?
1: You know, um. The crystals and stuff, they, they, they do it for me personally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't really know why, because that was something that kind of came with all the synchronicities that happened after um, I stumbled upon a book about crystals recently after it happened. And I just, I don't know, I felt com- like complied to get it basically. And so I read it and got into all the stuff. But um, I think it boils down to you more than anything i think the crystals you can look at them as a placebo effect if they work cool sure
4: psychosomatic wow. you yeah. know if, if you put good intentions in that's what you get yeah
1: exactly but um keeping the energy protected thing that's that's more of a easier said than done type of thing for me it came from a lot of trauma um, lost my dad a few years back so since then it's, it's you know it's been little difficult some yeah. days but uh i think after a while it just came with understanding myself more um so i guess to protect your energy i recommend meditating for 10 minutes a day mm-hmm. at least that's something that i think anybody can do is take 10 minutes and just sit there in silence and kind of reflect on what's going on in your environment around you um yeah. i think also opening yourself to simple mindfulness like that allows you to notice outside things as well. Right. Um, which, you know, if you're seeking, I guess, connections from elsewhere or like you want to tap into what some people say they're tapping into, Mm -hmm. it could be a way to, a good way to do it. You know?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I just, I try to, not worry about the repercussions of what I say and do because I try to do and say things that are I guess just true to me at the end of the day
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know' that's, I don't know if that's the answer you want but it's it's a hard question to answer I guess
4: no how would Benji want to be treated so that's how you treat the world that's yeah that's pretty cool pretty and we're much, not yeah. nobody's perfect we, we've all got flaws but at least we can try to do. You know the best that we can so that that's great advice for the listeners
1: but um for those of you who are interested in crystals though i do recommend mm-hmm. grounding yourself with black tourmaline is nice um if you want a little bit of energy and stability to like being able to simply get shit done pyrite's a good one for that one um I can go on and on with that stuff. Yeah. Nice. I would
0: nice. I, will, I will say that we talked Steph and I in um an interview recently. We talked about how most of the time we as humans don't really get to connect to the planet and when you bring in a crystal or bring in a rock, you know, you can call it what you want, you're you're pre- bringing up a, a piece of earth that's pretty mm-hmm. old yeah. and you're putting it in your hand and touching it and making that contact so there's something to that because there's days where i'm not touching the earth at all like most days actually it's really sad (laughs) like i'm not i'm i'll go up and touch my plants sometimes because it's like the closest i get but you know i'm i have shoes on my feet i'm not putting my you know feet to the ground i'm all traveling from my house to my car to work you know to someone else's house uh or to you know my clinic whatever um i just really don't get a lot of time with the earth so the crystals can give you that a little bit too
1: definitely i mean for me and steph you're a california girl i know you know it's like it's concrete out here yeah i mean you got to go out of your way to find grass and when you do it's mostly dirt
4: you have to go out of your way to find peace yeah. <laughs> more importantly yeah, so. you know we've got helicopters flying 24 7 fireworks yeah. all the all of the above so you really have to you've got to find your peace yeah i i understand benji
0: yep. i think so I, we made big mistakes unfortunately i think as humans with what we were supposed to do i, I just, do
1: i i refer a lot back to like native culture honestly and i'm learning more and more about that on a day to day i'm learning a lot about the lakota culture and like the people in the dakotas and just their way of life and man pardon my french but we done fucked up on the things
0: <laughs> yeah i just look at like every other animal on this planet they get it they're supposed to get food they're supposed to find social Outlets and interactions with each other, you know, love, right? Or bonding or whatever. And then they're supposed to sleep. And like we, or, you know, sometimes they even play. You see, like, dogs love to play, right? Yeah. You see, wolf pups play, you know, monkey babies play. But what do we do? Like, we drive, we pay bills, we watch the news, we like We constantly feel like we have to be doing something like I cannot just sit and watch something like mm-hmm. I was watching Carl earlier. Mm-hmm. Carl vibe. Mm-hmm. I, I love was, Carl. I was still, Carl. But I can't him. I couldn't just do it like I was doing five other things at the same yep. time. And I'm, and I'm like, why can't I just watch it? Why?
1: yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
4: Slow it down and ground.
1: <laughs> you know, I find yeah. it difficult even to sit down and read a book nowadays.
2: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, Audible has made it almost lazy for us to do that, and we need to exercise our minds. I mean, we need to connect. We need to connect the words with our brains, and you know, keep our our brains strong. And that does kind of weaken it in some sense.
1: I yeah, agree for sure.
0: I
4: I think I missed my chance to be a yogi. I think I should have been just <laughs> sitting
0: somewhere and meditating all the time and touching earth and being you
1: know,
0: really basic.
1: I've, I've tried it a couple times. Shout out to DJ because, like, I can't – my body just isn't flexible like that anymore. I stopped doing martial arts when I was 17, so my body isn't – like, I, yeah. I don't know. I can't I can't put my to- foot and my hand on one side and turn like that. It just doesn't
0: <laughs> – You far. don't have to do yoga to be a yogi. You just have to sit and meditate.
1: Can I just hey. get an unalomi tattoo and call it a day because I'm yeah. thinking about it?
4: Yes. Well, hey, Benji, I mean, your long walks on the beach, that just might be a (laughs) self-fulfilled prophecy. So just saying, (laughs) just leave it at that. (laughs) Sure.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to give you a chance to talk about, you said you had another major part of your experience that you wanted to bring up. And I know we're getting close to an hour and a half. I wanted you to get a chance to address that.
1: Yeah, um, this is the easier part to talk about because... I feel like a lot more people who've had sightings can relate to this. I'm still trying to figure out what this object was, but the a lot of the big, like, for instance, the Merkaba in the meditation and the symbols and all that happened after this particular event. And I was outside on a lunch break. I had looked up. Um, and it's, it's, I mean paint the scene too. It's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon in California. It's not a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful day. And I have polarized sunglasses on. I should notate that. (laughs) And I'm standing there smoking on my lunch break. And I looked up at what I thought was a, it looked like a flock of shiny metallic birds is the only way that I could describe it right away. And I look at, I don't know, I I love animals. I always have birds in particular. My grandparents had uh, parrots always loved birds. I, w- I knew these were not birds that I had seen before. Um, and this is right over um, like Occidental College area Highland Park, Los Angeles, like Northeast LA. So it's, it's right in the middle of the city. And I looked up and saw this flock of birds, but they were kind of milling weird, in like circular pattern almost. And I noticed there were some bigger ones kind of like in the whole flock, they were like two that were a little bit bigger and I was like oh that's weird okay cool and then I continued what I was doing I took another drag I looked at my phone I'd say another like 30 seconds to a minute went by and I looked up again except they were gone and I knew like how far I had of my eyeline there's no way they could have just disappeared unless they went over the house and so then I cocked my head back up and I caught them what looked like circling around the two bigger ones but then they formed into just two solid things and they were these white silver orb not quite balls but like oval shaped and they were just hovering there but lower this time um at first i'd say probably ten thousand feet when they were by themselves it was more like five to like five to eight thousand they had come down further and but now they're right over top of my head they weren't out in front like they were so i had already been like experiencing some weird stuff i had already seen a light in the sky a couple of days prior it was just a weird time anyway so i tried to get my phone out of my pocket and film it except when i went to reach that's when um i should say that that voice hadn't come back since the first week now it came back and it said, "Don't do that. This is this is like just for you, basically. Um, just watch." And then I couldn't even take my hand out of my pocket, and like I, like I didn't want to anymore. That's the best way to put it.
0: It's interesting. Um, um, a lot of people come to that comment who have experiences that it's very personal that it yeah. is it's for them and like they that's why a lot of people end up in that we don't care what the government says state. That's,
1: yeah. i'm at that point now like i already have my kind of disclosure i guess so you know mm-hmm. caveat for a second sean rash asked me that question and he i think he was one of the first people that i ever spoke to like on a on a chat or on a, on a podcast or anything he asked me what i thought disclosure meant and i think i said something along the lines of well i guess it's when the government says it is but i've thought about it since then and for me i've already got mine because i already know there's something else out there yes so i guess that's the right answer for that but um
2: yeah. i wanted to finish
1: one thought when i left uh, okay, so sorry, I couldn't take my hand out of my pocket. And then I watched them for what I thought was 10 minutes. And then they kind of just drifted and just disappeared out of, out of sight. The other thing I thought was interesting was that I, I remember I was able to look out of my lenses and I couldn't see them as well without the polarized lenses against the blue of the sky. Um, and then they disappeared, ran back down because we have a right outside my front door, there's like steps that go up to the upstairs units. So I had ran down the stairs into my door. My girl was in the back room working. And the first word out of her mouth was, what took you so long? And it had been like 40 minutes. I thought I was only there for 10. And I remember there were neighbors outside that I, I remembered them like milling about like getting like taking trash out or something like in the driveway underneath where I was standing. So they definitely saw me standing there like staring up.
4: Yeah. It was almost like you were paralyzed in a moment in time. That's yeah. a tread. That's but, very bizarre for her to say, Hey, why, why are we gone so long? I was only yeah. gone for 10 minutes. No.
1: Yeah. She yeah. Was like, no, it's been like 40 minutes. And I I was like, Oh shit, I got a clock back into work. Wow. So yeah, it was, it, it, that tripped me out. Definitely. Wow.
4: Yeah, and also the polarized sunglasses that you know made the view entirely different. You know, it made them stand out, which makes sense. So, very interesting.
0: Have you seen a, a, a tear in the sky yet? Yes, I have. Okay, I won't give anything away, but it just made me think of a scene in that movie with cameras mm-hmm. and
2: different mm-hmm.
0: different abilities mm-hmm. of cameras. Mm-hmm so that's <laughs> what i'm gonna yeah. say go watch it guys not gonna tell you <laughs> go watch it okay also, so i
1: will say if you guys liked the movie and you're excited about that stuff the papers and the data especially the fleer stuff that they have it's gonna get way more exciting yeah
0: well you know they said they're presenting at seu that's kind of a big deal you know yeah. it's
1: that's that's
0: the science hub right so I'm, you know, and I'm also excited because if you look, sorry, total tangent, if you look, the the scientists are really forming together. They're creating a scientific journal on the UAP study or a study of UAPs. Um, I'm like, that's a great name. Anywho. um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's exciting to see the science really step up and it's like, it just gets more and more intense. And then we had all these people who were already engaged in SSE, uh, the Society for Scientific Exploration, connecting more and more. I think with SCU, and then all these people uh, in Galileo are connecting, and like there's, it's it's becoming a, a group effort finally. Yeah,
1: and that's what we need. You know, like there cannot mm-hmm. be a safeguard of information by a few select people with this because it literally affects all of us whether we whether we're at a point where we are ready to accept this reality or not that's not what's really at question right here is the fact that there is something more to all this regardless of where you're at
2: right
0: and i want i want i really want to encourage people to join something that's already in place instead of trying to start something new because frankly like it's really not helpful for someone to start a website that is um only for their area asking people for reports and then that those reports don't make it into a national database and then that database can't be looked at for patterns and stuff like that right so if if they are reporting to you your small website and then you I'll, I'll say this, there's a lot of those websites are gone in like five years later and they're just sitting on the web dead because people stop updating them, right? That, then that information is lost. But if you go to a place like, um, you know, MUFON or National UFO Reporting Center and at least give them that information in some capacity, then we're going to have that information for a long time because those people have been around a long time
4: yeah i i agree on that too it's like get the forces together you know like uap media uk anomalous podcast network chris leto that began uap society and he's getting all the 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 top dogs right now together you know let's put all these great thinkers together scientists analysts you know all of them together so we have these sources that we can go to that are credible that you know we we're not guessing, we're not guessing we know the source we know where they're coming from. they're reputable people, they're you know <laughs> professors, you know yeah right. so yeah, I, I mean, think I agree that we have
1: to look forward to with something like Galileo project too for that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I right. just really wish that they were able to have access to some things we already know we have basically yeah, uh, yeah it is it I mean. is
0: that's where that frustrating part is we know we I mean, know Lou Alessandro had more pieces of the puzzle than most people, and he's told us about some of those things. But civilians have also told us about some of those things for years. Like, I have a book this big about crash retrievals um, by Leonard Stringfield. I think it's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna double check. Oh yeah, it's Stringfield. I don't have the first name on it, but yeah, it's like, come on, yeah, let's stop wasting time. Like, um, we had. Um, Rick Doty, I know he's not a very popular figure for everybody, but he keeps mm. talked about crash retrievals. You know, like there's example after example. It's international. It's not like, you know, people are really benefiting from making that stuff up. And then, yeah. oh my God, why didn't no one talk about moon dust? Moon dust is in the FOIAs. They're looking for objects that fall from space. And you know what they say? It's in the UFO file. Right? Why did they put that in the UFO file? Why does UFO come up? You know, when they're talking about finding objects that fall from space, there's a reason. Right. So I don't know. It's just mm, the whole thing.
1: When it comes to like the disclosure front, I think it's clear to me after seeing the hearings that there is an apparent gridlock within the ranks right now. Um, I can also confirm that i've heard from completely outside sources within the air force that there's stuff like that that happens on a day-to-day within just normal ranks having nothing to do with ufos and completely just militarily related that that's how things work that right now there are people within ranks who are for basically following the constitution and following their oaths and then there are also those who are just there to get their paycheck maintain their title and rank and role and dictate whatever they want so which in my opinion is very (laughs) anti-american yeah
0: i am afraid to say it but i feel like sometimes you know we're in a little twitter uh, bubble right sometimes and the ufo community even off of twitter is in a little bubble and then the air force is the same way sometimes you know they're in a Mm -hmm. bubble Everything that they're doing is kind of in that bubble the way they, they run like their rules They're like even if they meet other armed forces are like well you have different rules I've literally been at a dinner where um, There were people from all the different parts of the armed forces and that happened to be because they all worked at the Pentagon They still clicked up like you could see like there's the you, there, There's the Air Force guys over there. There's the Navy guys over there There's some Marines over there. They were all pretty separate still in their little bubbles.
1: What I don't think people realize is the compartmentalization. It's not just within the offices or the the schemes and schematics themselves, but it's, it's instilled in the minds of the people who serve. They're, I don't want to say brainwashed, but that's what they're told to think from day one of basic training when they sign up for it. So it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different thought process and if you are in a position where you're talking about national security and like intelligence related things those people are the most tight-lipped you're not going to get info out of them you know so so the fact that we actually have some that are willing to like party with us at this point i think we should be listening to them instead of making them leave and go back to secret ways essentially
0: it's also i think not 100% a priority for them. Like, okay, so That's we were talking part. about Graves before we started. And he just did an interview. And in that interview, one of the things he points out is, you know, we're doing our um, assignment. And yes, there are UFOs sitting in the sky and they're happening. But we're not here to study the UFOs. We're mm-hmm. making a note. Because it can be a safety hazard if we run into something that's in the sky hovering, but we're just going to keep doing what we're supposed to do, and that's not the UFOs are not it. (laughs) So, like, it's just like not a huge priority. And John Alexander talks about it in his book. Like he went around, and a lot of people are like, "Well, why would we worry about that? Like, why would we do anything about that?" Sure, there's UFOs. I've seen a UFO, but so what? You know, like. Like, that's kind of how some people are treating it. doesn't mean, however, that everyone treated it that way. It would be very naive to think the U.S. government was not concerned. Yeah. So,
1: And that's what I would, I guess that's the other flip side to my point of there is a gridlock, in my opinion. It seems to me there is a faction that wants this stuff out. Why? Mm -hmm. That's the part I don't know. Um, Part of me really thinks that. What Tom DeLonge did wasn't like t- to take control of a narrative, but more so he showed the people within suits that, hey, there's an actual way that you might be able to have a conversation with people about this. I think now we're seeing the aftermath of that and how people are disagreeing. And I think maybe that has something to do with progress not being as quickly as some want it to be. Um, yeah. Okay,
0: so... Know i have a flip side on this okay. so initially they didn't want to tell us because supposedly it was not a national threat which of course everyone knows is bogus it's not how that happened it was what they told us but now i think they want to tell us because some of them genuinely think it's a national threat like they late are concerned about these incidents finally i don't know why it took this long to be concerned because we had so many other incidents like how many did it take right we had pilots lost we had helicopters damaged in some countries and you know lots of things happened um but i think you know it's what's happened now is people are going hey wake up maybe we should be paying attention and you know i've had some people behind the scenes say uh, you know, if they're really checking us out and just kind of hanging out, maybe we should be a little worried.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys picked up on the hearing note, but they apparently from, I guess, June of last year, when they did the first assessment till now, they've had a, an additional 400 cases that they got wind of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Is that regular or is that just recent? I mean, it could also be a question of ours, maybe because they're actually filing it now so that yeah. they're taking that's record what, of it.
0: That's what they said. They said some of them are because people are willing to report it now.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's because great. they redirected the narrative, basically, so people yeah. will come forth because of that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, it, but that's still like, honestly, I lost my train of thought with where I was going with that. But. Mm-hmm excessive
0: Um, number it's an excessive number it's it's it's, yeah
1: seeming to be more so now than it has before Mm -hmm. now i think yes that has to do with the reporting of it but Mm -hmm. maybe that's also they're seeing them more now than they have
0: i i do feel like there's some Mm. kind of escalation i think you know we have the technology to really truly capture these things and obviously we have even though the public's not allowed to see it um even though we got to see that one video yay but anywho um my point is that we have that ability uh whatever these objects are they know we have that ability if it were foreign allies like at that point that would be when they'd have to back off because they would know they'd get caught right but these things are not backing off they're sitting in front of those cameras they're sitting in front of the sensors and the radar and they're being demonstrated along multiple platforms
1: yeah and i think there's something to be said about civilian sightings too i mean myself but how many other people are now on ufo twitter as of the last year or two because they saw something they couldn't explain
4: right and, you know, yeah. and even Dude, the ones Morgan. even yeah. even
1: like steph i know you your sighting wasn't like super recent right but i mean you're talking about this now
4: Yeah. I mean, after, you know, they started talking about the Nimitz, it did kind of come to light and, you know, it does, it does kind of make people come out of the woodwork when, you know, the it's on television. And that's what I'm saying is maybe there's these 400 plus sightings that are coming forth because of that, because they're kind of dusting off the cobwebs and they're saying, okay, look, we're going to, you know, start talking about this again. So more people will talk, they let, they'll let their guard down. They're not going to you know, remain mum about it. And, uh, you know, that just makes sense. So the narrative's being redirected towards, you know, having this come to the forefront and I'm, I'm glad and people are curious about it. There's, there's people who haven't experienced UAP and are curious about it. And that's, that's a wonderful thing.
1: I'll tell you, I'll share you guys, um, share this with you guys. Uh, Friday night, I was at a company party for my girlfriend's, um, she works for a media company here in L.A. And I was at their party and I got pulled aside by somebody who just I don't even know how it came up with conversation. But UFOs came up and they started talking about the hearings. I got pulled aside from the party because they wanted to know stuff because nice. I mentioned a few things to them that they weren't like aware of, I guess. And I spent the night basically talking about UFOs at a company party on Friday. Love it. people want to know this stuff i've gotten yeah. messages from my grandparents that want yeah. me to keep them up with what's going on
4: yeah,
0: yeah and that's love why curiosity why, yeah i definitely feel like that is escalating also I, i'm seeing more and more people who are new to twitter you know coming in mm-hmm. um i'm i'm I think people are going to uh, the website that I made to try to get information sometimes. And that's kind of what it was for um, as an introduction. Like a, <laughs> we talked to, we joked about doing a one-on-one class a you UFO one-on-one class. We might, <laughs> we might have to do like a little video, like UFOs one-on-one, but um, actually I think other people have done that and they've done it well. Um, So I think, yeah, a lot of people are starting to hear and listen and the drip effect is slowly working. And then it's also less alarming this way for them because, you know, the people behind the scenes, I'm noticing, like, because I do take it from a psychosocial point of view. I'm noticing a pattern. First, they start with research. Then they start with investigation then they go to experiencers and then they come out going, you know what? This isn't all, you know, sunshine and puppies guys. This is a whole bunch of super powerful craft floating over our military watching us
2: mm-hmm.
0: with a lot of people saying they're being abducted. Yep. So yeah.
1: Hmm. Um, <laughs> to me, it all goes back to the, comments of like Haima Shed and like Paul hellier about their being with multiple types of beings out there and I think all of, if that is true I think they would all have their own agendas and their own modus operandi if you will mm-hmm.
0: right so, I can't I, I you know what if if I had to say probably the book that got me the most if I had to say maybe my my book encounter it was already six killer Clark. And she talks about, like, meeting these entities. And I cannot get yeah. over the one that complains about being out in the cold and blaming the human for disrupting his transportation <laughs> on a craft. He's, like, literally, like, complaining, I'm cold and it's your fault. And he gets in the guy's car. <laughs> and I'm like, he's so spunky. He's, like, a little spunky gray alien, right? And, you know... um. Even, like, amongst Greys, I think they have different agendas, you know? And I think yeah. it's – and there's different types. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's – I can't say they're all bad. Definitely not. But, the you know, there's a, there's a lot going on, and we don't even know because we haven't really been able to communicate clearly. Either they're not wanting to communicate or they think we're dumb because they're trying and we don't get it. Who knows? But
1: – um The thing uh... – The thing that I started pondering recently is Lou made a comment about that even though they pick up different shapes and different like types of craft essentially that they all seem to they all seem to um show the same characteristics and like flight characteristics of how they're Mm -hmm. propelling themselves or whatever. So anti-gravity, yeah. Yeah, so if that's the case and there are multiple (laughs) beings or whatever. That means they all had to figure out some specific type of propulsion that we haven't figured out yet.
0: I just want to point out people make a lot of logical fallacies with this. We have a lot of different species on our planet and we have a lot of different cars and planes and helicopters and modes of transportation so you know if we always want to compare humanity to aliens which people do all the time (laughs) let's at least be fair about it if we can do it like they could all be from one other planet for all we know all of them or they could
2: have
0: like who's ever claimed like they don't know we don't know that, right? Or they could all be from the same other dimension walking through a portal. Or they could all have been here this whole time. You know, like, we don't know. But I guess my point is, or they could all be from Mars. That's a theory, too. I don't know if you guys know that one. That was, they just hopped over. So I'm I just thought that was of...
1: the gateway. The new the new doorway they found was the opposite side of Jesus' tomb. So it was like a Stargate. Yeah,
0: I saw it. It's, like, apparently actually, like, really small and people like like magnified it wrong or something it's very disappointing it's more like a mouse door or a puppy door (laughs) but anywho, so i guess like people just make all these fallacies with these arguments like oh no there's no way they could have traveled from another planet and i'm like oh like in 13 billion years they couldn't have done it like oh well they would have so many issues with interbreeding oh, you mean like they might not be fertile anymore and have to make hybrid kids? You know, like there's so many fallacies people make. Or, oh, you mean like they might have to have lots and lots of ships so that they can breed without having genetic problems? Or they might have to have a really, really big ship that, you know, is really huge and can be seen by people like Avi Loeb, you know, (laughs) so that they could breed? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like... People make a lot of like bad arguments saying, no, can't be a thing. No,
1: my favorite is uh, that it's, they're not actually physically coming here. They've just figured out how to manipulate their consciousness enough that it shows up to us like a physical thing. But they're just like sitting and chilling wherever they're at. (laughs) That's always a fun one for me.
0: I know. And then, then, you know, obviously like they're just AI, right? So there's so many, but, you know, I mean, they could be manipulating us with technology they could be manipulating us uh they, by making us think that they're telepathic when they're just actually sending radio waves into our brain because they know how to do it right there's so many things that could be going on
1: yeah it's really hard to tell but i just um really glad to know that there's other people out there that are going through it as well mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all i gotta say and if i could add, add one more thing I don't know where this is going to lead you guys but i really hope that we all have lightsabers when it's all said and done
0: yes. yeah yeah it's so, spongy. so funny i was that's watching a- about some of the weirdest things in robotics and definitely saw something about people doing lightsaber fencing that's a thing
1: i where do i sign up for this yeah so I, this
4: could be an actual virtual experience you know full I sensory
1: know about, <laughs> i don't want a virtual experience i want to like actually yeah, Hit it's somebody a, with a lightsaber. That's yeah, it, done. No, <laughs>
0: it's it's a real thing. Like I think you know, obviously they're not or, like really gonna slice someone's arm off, but like they are lit up and cool looking. So it's a thing. Go look it up. I like it. Sounds like, like, it's like
1: It's like Star Wars LARPing. Is that the vibe yeah, I'm getting? Hey,
0: that's what it looks like, but a little bit more martial arts than. I
1: I like it.
3: Hack and Sign slash. Up. Great. I have
1: to that's stretch what, beforehand, though. Yeah.
0: I, I was watching because, um, you know, sometimes I like to see where we are at with our technology. And I won't lie. I was also looking for UFO drones because I'm like, I would like one of those. And I could not find a good one that looked like a UFO. They all looked like a plastic cage. But anywho, yeah, that. that's where like I went down the path of cool technology going on. I found out about reverse plasticity. And they use, like, metamaterials basically to make reverse plasticity happen. Have you heard about that one yet? No.
1: Is this, like, nitinol? Is that what you're talking about?
0: It's, like, um, they create the metamaterial, which isn't, like, as meta as real metamaterials, by the way. It's just kind of like it's like a honeycomb. And the wires that are going through the plastic melt the plastic or cool the plastic or something. Hmm. And that changes the shape and it makes the object do different things. I actually linked it um, on my Twitter. And I'm like, well, that would explain why we see UFOs move. Because if their metamaterials are heating up and cooling oh. something, it might, like, like, it might look like like might look plasma. And that might be why they have those metamaterials doing that. But anywho, I wanted to just point out one thing real quick before we end up wrapping up because you kept talking about Merkaba meditation is that how you say it Yep. okay I have it on my list of 30 pages of links it's it's on there because someone told me a few days ago to look into it
1: there's something to be said for that
0: UFO um.
4: connector right
0: well, if I haven't put it—I haven't put it on there yet because that hasn't gotten that far. But I put it on there to research because someone told me to do it. How weird is that?
1: I don't think it's weird at all. But then again, I'm pretty weird. So, <laughs> um, there's something to be said about that. I asked—I forget his name—but he is a remote viewer, and he was on that UFO podcast recently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the name is not going to come to me right now at all. it better not be
0: paul smith because he keeps popping up
1: Uh, i don't think it was but he's a he's a trained remote viewer and i that was one of the questions i submitted and he said in his like first learnings like the the classes and things that when he was learning about remote viewing that the merkaba was one of the first things that they looked at or that they showed him he doesn't use it anymore Mm. but that was one of the first like entry points people have in the remote viewing side of things too apparently um, well,
0: I will say, yeah. you know, one thing I did talk about on Saturday also is this one thing that works for one person really doesn't work for another. And if you are really That's self-aware, true. it's sort of like, you know, if we're trying to connect to this universal Internet, right, which it was. I'm just going to keep using that term. Um, there's one soundtrack that works for me really, really well. But almost every other soundtrack I've tried, every other meditation cd or whatever it's either not worked or given me a headache or kind of annoyed me like but this one works really well and then i was listening to the monroe um oh. monroe institute cd yeah. about meditation with a box and i'm like no not no but it sounded familiar and i haven't gotten on Angela to answer me about it but i think she used to that cd but anywho <laughs> Because that's what she said she does. But like the, um, I said, yeah, that's, so that's, I'll, that's, I'll take a look. I'm going to take uh, a look, though, because it's it's like a, there's a reason people keep mentioning it. So I'm going to have to find out about it.
1: I recommend if you're looking at the Merkaba, I recommend it's a book called Beyond the Flower of Life by okay. Marine St. Germain. That's okay. a really good starting point. Um, that's if you're just getting into meditation, probably don't start with that particular meditation, because you might find some things that you don't really want to find in there. So I've heard. Um, But when you get to a point when you're able to, I guess, control your conscious thoughts outside of just like your your normal thought pattern, I guess. uh, That's a good one to look into. But the book itself, teaches a lot about what the Merkaba is and like how it works, essentially.
0: Hmm. Okay. I wrote it down. I definitely don't have the time required for all of the books that I need to get to at this point. I yeah. pretty much just wish I could quit my day job and do this, or just split myself into two in a, in a very physical way and just have a clone and then absorb it all back together. Oh. <sighs> Now I understand why people want to have two souls.
1: <laughs> yep, I've people ask me all the time if I'm gonna do a channel and stuff, and I I can't because I don't have enough hours in the day to actually make it good. So yep. I, I, yeah, I I wish I had less time at work to do this more
0: (laughs) but you know what benji you could co-host like i just tell people to come co-host with me all the time so like if you want to co-host sometime let me know
1: hey i'm always down you just send me time and place and i will make it
0: right because like that's you know jesse has come to co-host with me like three times i think since i interviewed him And I every time I meet someone, I'm like, you know what? We're gonna be friends. Let's hang out, (laughs) you know. So like that's how I see it. Like I just I love talking to people. I'm also in
1: Maryland like once a year. So just so you know,
0: (laughs) so just also so you know, Maryland is where the Blue Book archives are, guys. Not bragging too much, but just so you know, they're here. Um, They. And there's a good chance that there's going to be a couple people on UFO Twitter going to go take a look at the Blue Book archives in the future, near future. So uh, maybe we'll set up a day to make it a big adventure. I think they might actually let us do it. Because the last time I looked, they had COVID regulations. But yeah, I think it's a thing that needs to happen. And um, Sean Rash has already asked me to get more of the videos out if I can.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Shout out to Sean, by the way. I love you, bro.
0: Yeah. I don't Do know more. if he listens listens to my show. If he does, he'll have to let me know because if he does, I might be putting him on the show and interviewing him at some point.
1: Well, I will I'll mention <laughs> I'll mention to him to uh talk to more people.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, he's he's busy. He's, he's, busy. Very busy.
1: he's very busy. I know. Very busy. I texted him like a week ago, and he just got back to me the other day. I know he's he's super busy, but if there's anybody who's working for a good cause, I think it's him.
0: So. Yeah, I know. And he's you know he's given a lot of people um, a summary of documents that they would never bother to read themselves, and I know yeah. that because I was doing that for the other documents. He's he's done a lot of um, what I call a foxy. <laughs> Air Force, OSI, FOSI, yep. right? And I was doing <clears throat> on Facebook <clears throat> before I even came onto Twitter. I was summarizing all the CIA documents for people. And then I did the DIA documents page by page. Real quick summaries so everyone would know what the document was about and if they wanted to read it.
1: I got a question for you before we wrap. Yeah. Do you think Lou is DIA?
0: Well, I think he moved over to CIA, if I have to be honest.
1: Okay. Just curious. I know that,
0: I know that came out, the Space Command thing, right? Yeah. But, but <clears throat> we found out that when Lou became director of ATIP, he was put into a building surrounded by CIA people and engaged with CIA people. And then he quit his DIA job, right? And probably connected with CIA people, including people like the people who joined with him on TTSA, Jim Semivan. Right. So I think if I had to pick, he probably moved over to the CIA, which has a little bit more information because they have been investigating this topic nonstop since the DIA claim to drop it.
1: Interesting. Okay. Appreciate think, that perspective.
0: But I mean, they're saying he's um, giving advice to sp- uh, space commands. Yeah, he could yeah. be, but you know what? I don't know. Like the other, the other theory I have is that he could be working with earth tech, which is contractually related to the government because he's friends with Hal Putoff and Eric Davis. I don't know.
1: It's very interesting. I think we're going to learn a lot more about that from his book.
0: Yeah, I think that's the point, right? Yep. The book, the book yep. to say it, to say what it can, to get the stamp of approval to say it. And with that approval, saying, well, the Pentagon said this is for real, man. What, what else can I say? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. We shall see. I think the rest of this year is going to be very exciting. Um my sources say keep your eyes peeled for summer into fall it's going to be a pretty interesting time uh yeah
4: hey i like that you're, you're leaving us on that that edge there <laughs> but should i say my outro there dove or yeah
0: think? we're we're at almost two hours i think it was
4: just look it felt like 10 minutes though so yeah i can, I can did this really into. happen <laughs> i know right Well, Deb, thank you for holding the space for everyone, as always. You're incredible. And I know how much research you put forth towards your website and um, UFO Connector, if you don't know. Um, And Benji, thank you for putting forth your grit and your grind and bringing forth some uniqueness to this this community. And uh, yeah, you were brought here for a reason. So it's really cool to chime in with you. And I hope that we all get to do this again soon. Absolutely. Staff, you got to tell people where they can find you. All right, all right. Well, um UAP experiencer experiencers underscore, I'm sorry. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I went to the dentist. Fine. I have a little bit of a toothache. My apologies. And I'm I'm fighting against this headache. Oh. You can find me at UAP underscore experiencers and all across the board, UAP experiencers everywhere else. So IG's got the underscore. Okay, That's
1: thank it, you.
0: Guys. Okay. Steph, thank you very much for coming in today, and Benji, please tell people where we can find you.
1: Oh, you know, I'm around. Uh, no, I'm I'm on Twitter. It's at Benj I might be, and Instagram is Mercedes with two underscores. Benj, Mercedes Benj. Um, but those are just uh, Twitter is more so like informative thing instagram is just kind of my posts and like my friends and myself so yeah, twitter is probably better if you're looking for info
0: okay and thank you for coming and chatting with us we really appreciate the perspective and the sharing of your experiences and all of that the insight as i said in the beginning you have the insight you get people thinking right so you're like a catalyst You know, everyone has a different role. I feel like Seth's really there to support people and help them to speak. And I feel like you're there as a catalyst to get people to think. And I always talk about DJs like a glue to get people to stay together. And and Flair is just always there to promote people. Like everyone has their role, their archetypal role.
1: Kevin, when you hear this back later, you were the first person to meme me on Twitter. So thank you, sir.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully, I don't even know if Kevin has time to listen to this show. Like, he better
1: listen to your show. Come on, Kevin. I, you, know. I know you. You better message me when you're done listening to this. We'll and find message out. Pineapples.
0: Okay, we'll find out. I'm gonna be really amused. You're gonna have to tell me if he ever does it.
1: Pineapples, Kevin. <laughs>
0: okay well everyone thank you so much for listening have a wonderful day night whatever time it is for you especially those future humans (laughs) i love to talk to the future humans that's so cool okay i wanted to say thank you for listening and take care this is deb from deb's data dojo part of the calling old beings podcast network if you guys want to find me i'm at study of uaps i'm on facebook linkedin twitter um that instagram which i went on today and found out a whole bunch of people followed me and i didn't even know i fixed (laughs) that i followed them all back but anywho, i'll get better at instagram (laughs) okay but goodbye everyone take care bye